I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best. Good evening, Dog Nation. What's up, everybody? Again, this is Dog Nation before the hedges time. I'm Jeff Sintel, uh, recruiting reporter, recruiting analyst, reporter guy here for DogNation.com. And it's Wednesday night. It's about 8 o'clock on the Apple Watch. Brought to you by Kroger. That means we're going to talk all things Georgia, Georgia football recruiting. How about this? Let's start with the headline of the show. We've got a big package coming uh, amongst our big five. You guys by now, you've been watching Before the Hedges for a long time. You know what the big five is. We're talking about Dylan Riola, nation's number one quarterback, nation's number one prospect, class of 2024. Um the talk is really starting to heat up with Dylan Riola. Uh, he took a visit to Georgia two weeks ago. He took a visit to Lincoln, Nebraska this past weekend. Um, right now, there is only one official visit scheduled by Dylan Riola and his family, and that is the first weekend in June uh, when Georgia is basically going to try to have uh, Oscar night on the red carpet again with, I think my estimate right now puts it at 10 five-stars that are going to be there. Um, you start seeing things on social media. You start seeing about some true momentum here with uh, Dylan Riola in Georgia. Uh, of course, USC uh, is also a team to watch there as well, along with Nebraska for Dylan Riola. But should the dogs uh, earn the commitment from Dylan Riola, I think you're going to see this as a true domino type recruit. Uh, Tetrazoid or Tetromino is what it was in that uh, game you and I always grew up with. Um, the Tetris, when you get that big, long thing and it clears out a lot of other obstacles in a lot of areas, that's what you're talking about there with Dylan Riola. Got a good conversation coming. That, that conversation with Dylan Riola's father, Dominic Riola, the 14-year NFL veteran, that's going to bat fifth in our lineup. That's going to be the cleanup spot in our uh, Dog Nation uh, Big Five right now for Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Something to think about, guys, with Kroger, you go to Kroger.com and you sign up for those digital coupons. Kroger has everything you need. You want to get on their digital sign-up list, go to Kroger.com slash sign-up for all your goodies and your uh, coupons and everything else when your family wants to go Krogering, kind of like what mine does. Big five, we're going to talk about all things Georgia football recruiting. First option on the list, number one on the list, let's talk about visitors for this weekend. Not a huge uh, contingent uh, flotilla names coming in this weekend. You got, you know, some of these, obviously our show's taping on a Wednesday. We're here on a Wednesday night. Um, there'll be a name or two, I think, that will probably float in as well. Uh, some guys like Dylan Stevenson, who I thought was going to be there. He's told me he's not going to be uh, in Athens this weekend. That's the four-star edge out of Miami. Uh, he plans his next trip, I believe, is to Stanford. But here's who's there. The literal Captain America, Steve Rogers of the 2024 class. Sammy Brown out of Jefferson. I think the young man hit 390 on the power clean. Uh, he had 450, I believe, uh, for a set of four on squats. Uh, Georgia, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, those are the schools there. He's just a short trip away for an unofficial visit. Uh, the linebacker prospect, the five-star prospect. Four-star offensive lineman Jonathan Daniels out of uh, Pensacola, Florida. That's a name to look at right now. You see Georgia really with some momentum this week in the class with getting Malachi Tolliver on Sunday. That's the first offensive lineman in the class. I think you're going to see some of the offensive line chairs start to fill up. 
in Georgia's class. I think Georgia's not going to maybe wait on filling up the class as maybe as it has in years past. Guy I really like out of uh, out of the Coastal Empire Portal High School athlete Porter's Amir Jackson played a safety, played a tight end. Really love his game. He's a four star. He's about six five. One of those guys that plays a lot of high school football at tight end, but projects to be a factor, an impact type tight end uh, in the class of 2024 somewhere. And also, this guy's coming in on not this weekend, but on the fourth, Fletcher Westfall. Guys, what do you read the story on dognation.com about Fletcher Westfall and the intricacies and the spreadsheets he uses with his Fletcher rating, his uh, Fletcher factor he does to put together? He's got all of his schools listed and broken down on a spreadsheet in terms of a numeric gauge for his criteria. He's going to be in on April the 4th. Uh, the visits for April the 1st. Of course, Georgia's going to have some official visits coming up in the middle of the month. They're going to have a lot of unofficials uh, for G-Day as well in a couple of weeks. And we will be all over that for you guys on Dog Nation. Number two here on our Big Five is a guy that <clears throat> I'm going to just tell you, this is his ultimate sodium pentothal truth serum, Jeff, as I can be. Probably never seen a recruit quite like David Sanders Jr. I mean that because he's the number one prospect in the country at offensive tackle. Um, he could be a five-star defensive end. He could be a five-star edge. He could be a five-star tight end. His family took another impactful visit to Georgia over this past weekend. We wrote a very detailed story about it. Uh, the interview was so interesting for me that I kind of wrote a story in a different manner than I, than I ever have before here for dognation.com where I kind of just peppered in it's a lot of rapid-fire thoughts. You know that feeling when um, you go see a great movie or uh, you, you want to you share, have a shared experience with someone and you, you come home and you want to tell people about it and you find that you just keep rattling off the things you like. I think David used the term super cool or cool 21 times just in the stuff that I quoted for him on Dog Nation. He got a past, present, future moment. Uh, with the dogs in terms of uh, looking at some film of Broderick Jones. Stacey Searles kind of compared him. The line coach at Georgia compared him to Broderick Jones, future first-rounder. Um, they had the same similar athletic body types, great feet, powerful hands. And then they he got a good look at Amarius Mims. Amarius, 6'9", 340. Now he's got about 12% body fat. He said he was the most amazing athlete David did that he's ever seen up close. Uh, Marius, according to reports, has not gotten beaten so far in uh, spring practice and spring drills. Uh, certainly setting up for a first-round pick-type season, a money-bag season there for Marius Mims in terms of earning a lot of draft capital. Um, Marius got a chance to talk to David as well. Georgia also basically looked at him as a guy that they really want and prioritize in the 2025 class. They had Monroe Freeling, a guy that they share the same head coach in common. Uh, Jared Wilson, another Bulldog from North Carolina offensive lineman. And Jamal Jarrett, a freshman early enrollee like Monroe Freeling, uh, to tell him about it, what's it like for a guy from North Carolina coming in to play for the Dogs. It was an incredible trip. Uh, one of the things in this business that I like to gauge and monitor, the very best visits are ones that plant the seeds for future visits. And get this, Sanders told me as he's looking forward to coming back in May for the annual Georgia scavenger hunt across the campus and also in June uh, to work out and get coached up directly by Stacey Searles as well. He felt really plugged in. He was right in the middle of it all. Kirby Smart even shared a great story with him about his 
younger sisters. Um, one of the things his younger sister's younger sister does, she's a, the oldest is an actress, and she also has her uh, sweets and treats treats type business. Her name is Layla Sanders, and Kirby Smart even talked to her about how good it was her to have an entrepreneurship spirit right now, and already looking in terms of uh, working and kind of creating, running her own small business right now. Uh, that's what she's doing, selling like chocolate dip pretzels and Rice Krispies. See, we've got a show sponsored by Kroger here, guys, and you got people thinking about going down that pretzel aisle, that Rice Krispie treats aisle, and everything else. Um, but one of the things with Sanders, it seems to me, to be very prevalent in his recruitment is the, the school and the entity that recruits him uh, and recruits his family better than anyone else is likely going to sign David Sanders in the long one. David Sanders Jr. has told me he plans to make his commitment sometime next year. Uh, and a lot of thought, a lot of detail will go into that. Look for him to visit Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida. He's got a lot of visits he wants to check out. Uh, this spring and summer to kind of really get his research done on his recruiting. David Sanders Jr., if you haven't seen that story on dognation.com, the young man really gushed about all the things he really liked about his unofficial visit to Georgia. The whole family came along, and I guess the most important way you can describe what's a really successful visit is when they're already planning their next trip back. And with David Sanders, he's got two of those planned uh, coming up for Georgia and checking out the dogs. All right, guys, number three on our uh, Big Five leading off before the hedges tonight brought to you by Kroger. Uh, first of all, i got to say thanks to everybody watching it on the Dog Nation homepage, watching in on, uh, watching in on uh, YouTube, watching in on Facebook. All you guys, we certainly appreciate you guys being here. If you got a question, I, I'm in the comment section right now. If you got a question, drop it in here, and we will do our best to uh, – just interact with you, get you guys an answer, and see how things are going for everybody here on Before the Hedges tonight. Our third thing, guys, don't blink and you might miss it, Dwight Phillips Jr. That's the Georgia running back commitment. Uh, let me give you a little bit of a teaser here. So we put together a quick little package. It's going to have some incre incredible highlights, track highlights of Dwight Phillips Jr. But um, I want to tell you a little bit of history here. If you wanted to say, hey, Jeff, man, what we, we've seen all these 100-meter times here about Dwight Phillips Jr. Is 10.26 good? Is 10.29 good? Is 10.35 good? Well, the answer in short, my friends, is yes. Heck yes. Tiger fist pump type yes. Um, remember, Dwight Phillips is the son of an Olympic champion in the long jump and a four-time world champion in the long jump. His mom, Valerie, was an eight-time NCAA All-American in the triple jump and the jumps events. So he is, in terms of the DNA lottery, he's probably standing leading off third base in terms of all the gifts he's got, genetics, not only that, but the training from both of his parents as well. But he is a football guy first and foremost. He's basically running track to build his speed, to showcase his speed. His father made him promise to run five races a year ago. Uh, he got his time, even with a bum hamstring, all the way down to 10-4-3. Uh, and he won the Class 7A state title, Dwight Phillips Jr., out of Pebblebrook High School in Mableton. And he's a really bona fide football player. He's deeply committed to the dogs. One of the things he says is he is locked in with Georgia. And when other schools still try to recruit him, they try to slide in his DMs, they try to text him. I asked him, what's his response to all of that? And he's like, go dogs. That's what I tell him. So, Certainly Dwight Phillips Jr. seems very much locked into the dogs. 
But I want to take you to a quick history lesson I was talking about earlier. The fastest time anyone has ever ran the 100 meters high schooler has ever ran the 100 meters in the state of Georgia. According to those records maintained on milesplit.com is a 10.19. And that was by Tyreek Hill. Uh, the camp around Dwight Phillips Jr. believes that 10.10, 10.12, that's certainly possible for him this spring. And he's just a junior in high school. He will run track his senior year. But um, definitely going into the Arian Smith, Keeley Ringo, Tyson Campbell, really fast guy category coming to Athens. And now he's moving it another notch forward into the fastest Georgian high school sprinter of all time type zip code right there. Um, really impressive. That's almost, if he keeps improving, he'll be like Matthew Bowling type fast. Running back commitment for Georgia. These are all my words. If you want to see what uh, see what Dwight Phillips Jr. looks like blazing the track, running up and down in the 100 meters, check it out. We caught him at the Cobb County Championships over the weekend at McEachern High School, and I want you to see for yourself. Watch Dwight Phillips go. All right, Dog Nation, let me get you up to speed here with running back commitment Dwight Phillips Jr., four-star running back. Let me take you back to this weekend right here. 10.35, that was on Monday, March 27th, 2023. Now let's rewind it back two days earlier. This was Saturday at the Cobb County Championships, a blazing 10.26. Tyreek Hill holds the Georgia State record in the 100 meters, and the Georgia running back commitment is coming after him. For Dog Nation, this is Jeff Sintel. Wow, pretty impressive stuff there. Don't blink. You might miss it. And it looks like, guys, you know, when you watch that film, you think, man, nobody's really pushing him at all. What if he was be running against somebody that was really fast? And that was some of the comments I got from uh, some good folks on social media. But here's the thing. You watch him run that race right there, and there was some sub-11, one, sub 100 meters in there, some 10.9, some 10.8, some 10.7s. Uh, and that's just what it looks like when you go 10.35, 10-3-4, 10-2-6, the distance you're putting between guys that are still running sub-11 in the 100 meters. And guys, just as a localizer, because I know a lot of times we throw around these terms about, is that good? Is that fast? Uh, guys, Miko Hardman, uh, Miko the Jet Hardman, ran about a 10-7 uh, when he was in uh, high school for Elbert County in Elberton. Uh, that was some of his fastest 100-meter times. Nick Chubb was around 10-7, and you're throwing these times around. That's even lower than what Arian Smith did uh, during his time uh, as and as a high schooler. You know, C.J. Smith's another guy that ran a 10.4. There's a lot of 10.4s at Georgia, but there's not a whole lot of 10.26s at Georgia. And this young man still has one more uh, high school track season to go. So uh, you want to get delirious. You want to have a f you want to have like fantasies of what that type of speed would look like in the Mike Bobo offense. Cool thing about Dwight Phillips is he's always smiling when he finishes his race. Um, and I can see him doing this when he's in Athens. When he finishes a race, you look at him and he's got kind of that Joker smile, that crazy like Joker smile um, from the Batman movies. Well, that's kind of what he looks like. And I can see the, the folks now in the in Spike Squad uh, when Dwight Phillips becomes a household name at Georgia, when he's a sophomore or junior scoring a lot of touchdowns on wheel routes and stretch plays. I can see a lot of those fans dressing up in the Joker face paint as an homage, as a tribute to, to Dwight 
Phillips Jr. They call him Lightning around his family, and that is certainly an apt name. That was number three on your before, before the Hedges Big Five. Now let's look at number four. And number four, I'm going to call this kind of a gumbo, kind of a grab bag type thing. These are some things that – remember when we used to do Before the Hedges in my back porch or Before the Hedges on my – you know, my living room table or whatever. Well, you know, we started throwing out tweets and tweets we wanted to bring up. So we got a few things just to kind of cover the bases about what's going on right now with Georgia football recruiting. Again, we mentioned it last Sunday. Uh, Malachi Tolliver, he, he silently committed to Georgia, he told me, on Saturday on his visit. Um, then basically told him he was coming. Couldn't wait to commit. Um, 405 pounds on the bench press. That's what his commitment story had on dognation.com. He's about 450 on squat, 260 on power clean, 6'6", 310. Uh, he committed to Georgia, the first offensive lineman in the nation's number one class for 2024. He became commitment number 11 in the class, and that one, guys, is going to stack up. It's going to grow. Who do you guys think is going to be the next guy to commit to Georgia football in the class of 2024? Second up. And guys, there's just some of these things where I've been covering Georgia recruiting now, uh, kind of been my daily bread since about 2015. And this one really, really has old Jeff shaking his head a little bit. Right now, this is Zane Rowe. He is a 2027 prospect. What does that mean? 2027 means that he's still an eighth grader. And this eighth grader is 6'5", 220. He plays multiple sports. He's a defensive end. He's a tight end. He's a wide receiver type prospect. 6'5", 220, um, already has a 3'6 GPA, but he has already has an offer from the University of Georgia. 2027s are now getting offered by the University of Georgia. And, and, you know, we've seen this before where, you know, Georgia offers guys in the eighth grade. That's good, but not too many 6'5", 220-pound guys that play three sports and tear it up at the FBU camps. That's what Zane Rowe, uh, he's out of Texas uh, you see some of these offers come through, and you look for something new that just seems and feels uncommon. Certainly the Zane Rowe commitment certainly feels uncommon at this point. Uh, what does that put in perspective? So that means he's got one, two, three, four full seasons of high school football to go before he would be on a college campus. Number three, this is five-star uh, cornerback Ellis Robinson the fourth. You know, Stetson Bennett was the fourth. Maybe Ellis Robinson the fourth will bring that type of same – uh, Juju and Mojo to the Georgia program. Uh, he is the highest ranking commitment in the Georgia class. Incredible length, incredible arm span. Arm span. Uh, he is the guy that uh, just took another visit to Georgia. Seems very much locked into the dogs, has been for some time. Uh, he will be in that star-studded first weekend of June on his official visit as well. Speaking of things I've never heard before, and this is one of those things that might get my buddy Mike Carvel to laugh behind the glass, Look at this. Now, we've seen a, a gajillion or 1.21 gigawatts worth of different ways guys announce offers. They say beyond blessed. They say blessed. They say so-and-so and so. Here's a new one for Jeff. I'm super califragilistic, expialidociously blessed and honored to receive an offer from the University of Georgia. Now, some of you folks out there might even not even know what Mary Poppins is because Mary Poppins, it's kind of before my time as well. But when you see an offensive lineman, like Chauncey Gooden making his announcement that he's got an offer from the University of Georgia, the double nickel number 55. Got to applaud the creativity. That's definitely a different way to do it, especially for a guy like me, a guy that's all about words and wordplay right there. Well, when you, you come up with an offer tweet that we haven't seen before here around Dog Nation, 
well, you certainly will probably get some airtime on before the hedges uh, as well. If I was giving out golden shoes like my buddy Brandon Adams, I would probably say that um, I'd probably say that Chauncey deserves one for that offer tweet. And uh, here's one, guys. If you know if you've been following, take a look at this. I want you to let you watch it, and then I'm going to explain it for a little bit. You see there, that's the national championship parade. That's Kiaris Jackson. Uh, there's Samuel and Pimba right there signing autographs. But this guy right here coming in here, look at this guy right here. Um, that right there, that's Jordan Big Baby Hall. That was his favorite pair of sunglasses um, from uh, from uh, Jordan Hall. If you guys have been keeping up our Next Generation profiles, there's one that comes out every Wednesday on social media, and then Thursdays you get the full-blown story on dognation.com. That's what's been kind of been rolling out. It's been to be so far. But Big Baby Hall, another five-star. Guys, we had a great chance to write about him over the last week with a lot of depth. We talked to his head coach. Can you guys believe this? His head coach down in Jacksonville, Florida, actually grew up a Georgia fan, gave me some great stories about what it was like to coach Big Baby Hall and how any Cypress Hill fans out there from back in the day, he was talking about how uh, his senior year, his last game on a very poor season, I think they went one and nine, uh, he was hurt, his ankle had been bothering him all season, he was going to come out, and they have decided he was just going to shut it down. But he decided at halftime he wasn't going to go out like that. And so he, he rallied. He finished his senior season in his high school career on a high note. A uh, couple, couple of sacks in the second half, about four or five more tackles in his last game. Very tough-minded five-star individual that is now on the campus in the University of Georgia. He loves sunglasses, and I thought that was one of his favorite pairs of sunglasses, and he was in the Natty Parade. Somebody asked him for his sunglasses. He just handed them out to a fan. That's a type of players that are coming to play for the University of Georgia right there. They'll give you maybe not the shirt off their back, but they'll give you the sunglasses off of their head. Uh, and he's a class of 2024, 2023 anchor, excuse me. Now, guys, we promised it. We wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, Dylan Riola. That's our fifth topic here on our Dog Nation Big Five. Give me five, whatever you want to call it, here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. And this Dylan Riola story gets very interesting. Uh, his family, when they were in Athens on their official visit, they came through and they wanted to uh, – They were not only were they checking out Georgia, checking out practice, checking out the new facilities, checking out Bones, the new restaurant, everything else like that. Um, one of the things they did is they wanted to check out places of worship. The Riolas are a very faith-centered family. Uh, and it led me to this. I, I wish we had some Montel Jordan music in the background. But, like, everybody remembers this is how we do it, Montel Jordan. Of course you do, right? Um Everybody remembers that. That was the jam for a lot of us growing up in high school. But Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. Oh, hey, you know, all that stuff. Fling along with me if you want to off your Apple Music platform or Spotify or Sound, Spotify or whatever you use. Um, but Montel Jordan uh, is a pastor in Norcross. He's minister. He's uh, devoted his life to his faith and his, his new calling, uh, his second career, I guess you might say. And they know the Riola family. They've met him. Uh, and that would be a chance if he chose Georgia to have a spiritual center, a spiritual home around him as well. I've, I've, I've still got the music kind of in my background right here, but that was one of the many things you learned uh, about how well that visit went. Uh, for an in-depth listen to it, I want to set this clip up. This is about uh, this is a, a montage here with Dominic Raiola, the father of Dylan Raiola, uh, the five-star quarterback target for the Georgia Bulldogs. How did that visit go? What did he think about the dogs? What do they think about Mike Bobo? What do they think about what Kirby Smart said to them as well? 
Here it is. Uh, some of in their own words here on Before the Hedges. Here is Dominic Rayola on Georgia. The same thing that makes that place great is the same thing that they don't talk about. They don't talk about how great they are. They practice like they're starving, you know, and every single coach is coaching like he's starving. Like they, like these aren't the back-to-back champs. Um, so, um, you know, and it's, it, it is, it is fun to see. I think it was the family's first trip to Athens since spring of 2022. What was this about? Um, it's our sixth time. I mean, we spent a lot of time out there the first summer. Dylan got offered. Like, first one was camp. The next one we came out, got offered. Um, and then we came back out to, to watch workouts and just hang out, just being in, in the Georgia scene for the club baseball that summer. But um, but uh, it, it's been our sixth time. I mean, Kentucky was number four. And then last off season, last spring, last spring was um, – was our fifth and this was sixth. Uh, it, you know, it's not much more we need to see. I mean, it's, you know, it's almost like family. Like we know, I feel like we know them, you know, they know us, they know what we're all about. Um, we know what they're about. Um, it's just a matter of, at this point, it's just, they're in it. That's why they're in it. You know, like we, we went to see them because they're in it, not because we wanted to go see, you know, the diner that they just finished or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we didn't want to go, you know, we didn't want to stay at the Spring Hill Suites in Athens again. Like it was, we went because Georgia's in it. You know, we, we want to see if, if this is, if, if our son's going to call this place home and um, any place we go now, you know, they're in it. Um, I don't think we're, you know, we don't have to commit tomorrow, but we don't want to see a year from now, you know, trying to find the, you know, find if that's the place for us. So, Dominic, was the big thing here watching Georgia practice, seeing what it would look like under Munkin, I mean, under Bobo and not Munkin, and working that new relationship face-to-face, was that really the big piece of this trip? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you could say that. I mean, like I said, I don't like to say, I don't like to say it's just one piece, right? It's, you know. It's it's getting together. It's just seeing just seeing just seeing the moving parts. Really, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not just one moving part. It's all the moving parts because you know you want to see how BMAC coaches with with you know coaches his receivers and then um, you know how Coach McGee coaches the running backs and how Montgomery Van Gorder now is you know in the new role of Buster Faulkner where you know we had a great relationship with Buster um, and. But we also have a great relationship with Gummy, you know. Um, and then we have, you know, the tie of Coach Bobo and Matthew Stafford and he being in his wedding and Dylan being able to access um being able to Dylan being able to access Matthew or Uncle Matthew at any time, you know. So um it is just a lot of a lot of uh six degrees of separation, if you will. Um it's, it's a lot of ties, a lot of ties bringing it together. But uh, you also want to be there, see it, touch it, feel it, uh, be on campus, um, you know, just take it all in uh, at this point. Uh, and, it, and you're not taking it all in just because we wanted a vacation. You know, it's you take it all in because, like I said earlier, can you see yourself there? Um, can you see yourself thriving there? Can you see yourself being in the quarterback room, walking through these hallways, you know, um, being coached by Coach Sinclair in the weight room, which like is one of the best weight rooms I've ever been in, you know. So, um, 
can you see yourself doing all of these things? So I know you dedicated some of your time in Georgia on the trip to checking out maybe the faith-based component of a potential fit with Georgia. What's that like? And what does former R&B star Montel Jordan have to do with all this? Um, well, Dylan became close with um, so Montel Jordan. Remember this? This, this is how we do it, guy. Remember the song, the the artist, the R&B, yeah. the pop artist. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he's yeah. uh, so he we met him at uh, Impact Church at our church out here in Arizona, <laughs> and um, you know, we got to meet him, hang out with him. Um, Dylan got to meet him, hang out with him, texted him. You know, he he knew that he's located in Georgia, um, and Dylan knew that if if him go, you know, if if he does end up at Georgia, um, that that would be a big piece of it is finding a community, right? Uh, you obviously find your community in the building that you're around all the time, but you find a community and you know people that he can lean on. Um, another pastor is uh, Pastor Derwin Gray. Uh, we drove out to Charlotte to his church, Transformation Church, on Sunday morning. So uh, just knowing that there's people around, that people are close by. I mean, you know, it's not. We're not able, you know, we wouldn't be able to just drive out there overnight, you know, if he was out there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's everything, you know, it's the community, it's you know, meeting the the team chaplain, it's met the AD, got to talk to him, uh, Sean Chaffis, you know, talk, got to talk to him, the assistant AD, and we were all on Stafford's wedding together. So, there's a lot of there's a lot of ties, um, but yes, there is uh, there is uh, there are pastors uh, uh, that are that are close to our family that are out there. Um, uh, and, you know, the same can be said in, in, in all the other places too. You know, USC is a six hour drive from us and there is a good community there. Nebraska obviously is family. It's, you know, so, so, but getting back to Georgia, yes, there is a uh, pastoral ties uh, to us, to, to our family. It, it just, it's going to come down to where he, where he can see himself thriving. Um, and growing as a man, um, and Georgia is right right there. It's and it's uh, um, it, it was it's gonna be it's it's hard, man. I like I said earlier, I don't envy his position. <laughs> it's it's uh, he's got great choices, you know. He's got got great choices, and but he has a good head on his shoulders too. So. Um, we trust that he's going to make make the right decision, and you know we're not we're, we don't listen to the noise of you know Georgia can't develop five star quarterbacks, and you know when was the last quarterback that came out of Georgia? Well, why can't you be the next one? You know, or like we we're, we were not talking about Stetson Bennett who just won two national titles. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. uh, we're, we're we're dismissing that. I mean, we're dismissing that Jake Fromm, you know, had every opportunity to be great and and got drafted and. There's so much to, that goes into it. Uh, I think you got to take out, you got to, you got to block out the noise, and just really, at the end of the day, where do you want to compete? Um, you know, where where do you want to, uh, where do you want to grow as a man? Where do you see the next three to five years of your life being? Um, you know, you, you don't go into this thing saying, all right, we're going to enter the transfer portal because. To me, like the head coaches that he's talking to right now, like I'd want to go play for those guys and be around them, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to – you never want to go into something saying, oh, well, it doesn't work out. We'll just transfer, you know, like out of there. Yeah, he's transferred high schools. But, you know, we're also 
there are also reasons behind those. Like he lives in our house, so if we move to that area, that's where he's going to go. He's coming with us. We're not transferring because, you know. So these 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 are the the, the next level decisions that, that he's going to have to make. I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. Kind of interesting there from uh, Dominic Riola. He spent 14 years in the league. Uh, it was a longtime center for the uh, Detroit Lions. There's the connections there. Uh, Georgia Associate Athletic Director Sean Chappas, he was in the Stafford wedding. Of course, Uncle Matthew there was Matthew Stafford, uh, big-time family friend. Uh, Dylan would always have access to uh, Matthew Stafford as he climbs in the progression of his football career. Mike Bobo coached. Matthew Stafford, uh, when he was at Georgia, got him to the league, got him as the number one pick in the draft. Of course, the way Georgia practices, the way they get after it, the gold standard in terms of how the dogs prepare and train their guys, not just to succeed as on the field, but also to succeed as men. Those are all things that stand out there uh, for for the Riola family when it comes to the Georgia Bulldogs. All right, guys, that was your big five. That was another hearty, healthy hunker down, and uh, let's talk some recruiting Big five, but now we got our weekly food groups, our weekly staples. Let's take a look right now. Let's start out with our top remaining targets. You got a little of a tweak here right now, especially down there at the end, uh, at the top. Riola's still number one. Everybody, I wonder if when you guys watch this, do you guys go straight to number one, or do you just kind of go through the access with me as I try to count them down like a, like a radio DJ counting down the hits? But Dylan Stewart, Washington, D.C., nation's number one prospect, according to um, – on 3.com and he just took a recent visit to Ohio State and some crystal balls or crystal forecast prospect forecast came out for Dylan Stewart to Ohio State uh, look for him I would look for him to take his planned visit to Georgia sometime this spring as well Dylan Stevenson that's a name that's fallen down a little bit Jonathan Daniels offensive tackle that's a new guy in this list right here you guys are you guys remember last week's show you're going hold on a minute these are some different names Justin Scott, he's taking his official visit to uh, Georgia first weekend of June. Look for Ryan Wingo to do the same. Jeremiah Smith, another guy uh, with with Riola coming into town that week. A guy to watch right there as well. Um, Big things going on right now with wide receiver recruiting. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Georgia, another first for me. I I had to make sure and make a mental note to put this on my show. I'll put this on our weekly show. But Georgia just offered a wide receiver out of Idaho. Uh, guys got great skills, got great stats, uh, big long frame, kind of think of a, you know, a, maybe a Lad McConkey type, just a little bit bigger. Um, Georgia offered him, and folks, if he's the number one player in Idaho, and for those of you guys that follow my reporting in terms of how I try to track uh, how long it's going to take for Kirby Smart to sign a number one prospect out of all 50 states in the union, well, Idaho, Idaho would be a new one there. Um, Jeremiah Smith, I mean, just incredibly talented receiver. Ryan Wingo, we've spoken about him the last couple of weeks. Mike Matthews, he took a trip to Georgia on another unofficial visit this weekend. Number six, that's a name of a guy that just moved, that's moving up this week. Christopher C. Jones out of Stafford, Virginia. Uh, he had a recent three-day unofficial visit to Athens, got to see him practice, got to check out Athens, even figured out he's found a pretty good pizza spot. Pretty good breakfast spot. Number five, I believe this is the highest ranking on Before the Hedges now for Justin Green out of Mountain View High School in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Really love this young man and everything about his story, um, how he came to be. You guys will read that in detail, hopefully this week on on dognation.com, how he put on weight, how he blocked six kicks 
uh, last season. I uh, felt like he needed to get better uh, prior to his junior year uh, and put on like 20 more pounds, uh, became an even better player when he was already an all-region player. Daniel Calhoun, one of the things our commitment story about Malachi Tolliver had was he wanted to uh, – his number one target going forward, even though he'd already heard from Dylan Riola a little bit, is he wanted to uh, he wanted to really recruit Daniel Calhoun hard because that's a guy he really thinks. I think he, I, I can quote him here, and he says that's a guy that really needs to be a dog. That's all I can say about that. Number three, Khalil KJ Bolden, the number one player in the state for 2024, another talented prospect out of Buford, Georgia. That sounds familiar. That's going to be another Ohio State battle there with the dogs. Edrick Houston, Buford, Georgia, another five-star for the longest time. He was the number one prospect on our top targets list each and every week for Before the Hedges, before the number one spot was taken over very recently, actually just after his uh, unofficial visit to Georgia um, earlier uh, this month. That was Dylan Riola out of Phoenix, Arizona, five-star quarterback. Just off the list, you guys will see some names, some names that were on the top targets, Papa Afua, uh, now just comes just off the list. Uh, Heaven Brown Schuler, Sammy Brown. Heaven Brown Schuler had an interesting tweet this week. His recruiting is over. He told me recently that his recruiting was over, but he made it pretty public that he was ready to make his decision and lock down with the school. He said he'd had his time as a recruit. Christian Clark, guys, I really love his tape. If you ask me, if you had to say, Jeff, you caught me at a Dog Nation event and said, Okay, love Dwight Phillips. Who does Georgia need as the other back in the class? I'd probably say Christian Clark. Love his tape. Love his burst. I look for Georgia to add two speed, all-purpose James Cook-type running backs in the 2024 class now. Cam Davis uh, uh, is a guy that's committed to FSU, but Georgia will get an official visit there. C.J. Jackson, Georgia's going to get an official visit there. Amir Jackson, we just spoke about him. He's visiting this weekend. Amari Jefferson out of the Baylor School in Chattanooga. Uh, that's where Will Muschamp's son is the quarterback. Uh, Amari just recently dropped his top 12, and uh, Georgia was in there, and he just took a recent visit to Georgia after his top 12 as well. And Amari's a guy that I've been talking to for a little bit now, and even going back to his visit for the Tennessee game, you could tell he was really strongly liking Georgia. Jimothy Lewis is an impressive uh, offensive lineman out of uh, IMG Academy. Uh, Cam McKell, that's a guy, folks, that DeMello Jones, when he committed, he told me that the dogs really need to sign him, and he wanted to go after him. Intriguing news about Cam McKell. McKell just picked up a, an offer from Alabama, and that was one of the schools he's always dreamed about growing up. So that makes it interesting. Caleb Odom out of Carrollton, he just picked up an offer from Georgia. I expect the dogs to be a contender there now. Jaden Riddell, another tight end. If you look back to Amir Jackson up the list, he's listed as an athlete, but uh, I think he would be a tight end. He would be offered. He, he would be a tight end in Athens. That's what he was offered. Jordan Ross spoke to him. He was another visitor for last weekend. And actually, a couple of sites now have Jordan Ross as a five star. He said he could really tell that Georgia's recruiting him hard, and a lot of people see Vestavia Hills, Alabama there, and they think, oh, that's a kid out of Birmingham. That's a kid out of Alabama. He's, he's going to go Alabama if they really want him. Actually, Jordan told me that uh, this week, very recently, that Alabama's not really recruiting his, as hard as Georgia or as hard as other schools right there. And Georgia's getting an official visit. Uh, he said that Georgia was going to get an official visit June 9th through the 11th. That's the weekend that uh, quarterback commitment – 
Uh, Ryan Puglisi will be in town. Sammy Brown will be in town. Now, we've been talking a lot on this show about how great June 2nd through the 4th is, but let's mind, be mindful of this, that June 9th through 11th would probably be an enviable dream-type week for almost any other school in the SEC, maybe outside of Alabama in terms of an official visit weekend with the amount of five stars coming in. Uh, Jordan Seaton, Colin Simmons, that's another guy that's kind of drifted off the top targets list a little bit. Jordan Thomas, he took a recent visit to Georgia. If you want to think about defensive line targets, prospects for Georgia in the class, that's a guy to think about right there. Um, out of uh, New Jersey, uh, Bosco Prep, St. John Bosco Prep. Uh, Nitro Showtime Tuggle, uh, he's a guy that is uh, visited Georgia very recently. We had that on our sh- on our Before the Hedges show, and he's got an official visit set for later June. And then Fletcher Westfall, we talked about him earlier. The Fletcher Factor, the guy with the complicated Excel spreadsheet that would make the most detail-oriented type A's in your life think, man, that kid's got it together. I need to... I need to set some life goals to be as organized as Fletcher. A unique way, definitely, to look at it recruiting. Here's our map. We love to get a little National Geographic here on Before the Hedges. Look at that. Updated with another commitment, the Malachi Tolliver commitment. Number one nationally now it's six offense, five defense, six in-state, five out-of-state commitments, nine in the SEC footprint. Um, look at that. Three five-stars, two were on defense, five top 50, four were on defense, seven top 100, Three offense, four defense, eight top 150, four offense, four defense, and the offensive commitment. See that little southeastern corner right there? It's a reason why we put it in southeast because it is so important to the 2024 class. This needs to be an offensive-handed class which could be built around a guy like Dylan Riola and some five-star receivers. Um, Georgia currently has one offensive player among their five highest-rated commitments. That's tied in Landon Thomas, and they have six offensive players among their ten highest-rated commitments in the class. Uh, of course, that's Puglisi, that's Dwight Phillips, that's Landon Thomas, that's Nykar. A lot of names right there. Check out the class breakdown right there. Uh, Nykar, we're only showing one of our wide receivers here, uh, one of the commitments at the, um, certain positions, the Marcus Reddick. Five-star linebacker. Of course, Auburn and Alabama are really coming hard after Demarcus Riddick, and he's an Alabama native. Ellis Robinson, you just saw him earlier. Jalen A.P. Hayward. Uh, Peyton Woodard is the safety. You see two cornerbacks right there. The other one is DeMello uh, out of Swainsboro, DeMello Jones out of Swainsboro. That's the class background right there, how it's currently shaping up. Six guys on offense, five guys on defense. Um, and – There you go. There's your food groups. There's everything that's going on right now here on Before the Hedges. But now, not done yet. Uh, This is the time of our show where we sit down, we lock in, and we join you guys live from our Woodstock studio. You guys got questions, anything that's really on your mind that you wanted covered in our kind of closing fury of 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 the show? Be mindful, folks. One of these times you think this is like the chewy center at the end of the Tootsie Roll part of your Before the Hedges show. Well, one of these days, we might just show up with a special live guest in our closing block as well. That's Before the Hedges Part 1. Let's close it down now with a live Q&A here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Dog Nation. Thanks to Kroger. <laughs> All right, guys. What's up, everybody? Live in Woodstock, Georgia. It's Wednesday night. Before the hedges, uh, one of these weeks, I got a surprise for you guys. One of these guys, we want to start sneaking some of our guests when they get home from school, they get out of lift, they get out of conditioning, get out of training. 
going to start sneaking our special guests into the back end of the show. That'll really round out things out. How's everybody tonight? What's everybody doing? Anybody been to Kroger lately? Anybody got anything going on? Anybody got anything cool they want to talk about? Uh, I'll tell you what, you guys notice all the players uh, signing autographs recently. Been a couple of big autograph shows recently. I want to know this. What are your questions right now regarding Georgia football and Georgia football recruiting? And I guess here's what I'll say. One of the things I guess I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. I've been trying to kind of keep up with a few things. Um, Randy Hall, thank you. Lots of good questions, guys. Randy Hall, uh, I think Walt Claire Flynn uh, took a recent visit to Athens, and he's always been a guy in my mind that really, really liked Georgia. There was always some concerns. Is he tall enough? Is he big enough? He's not going to be the biggest center type, but he would be a type-specific center, maybe 6'2", 305 pounds. Um, so he's a guy that um, if he has been told – and uh, if he gets the chance to become a Georgia Bulldog, I think he'll be very intriguing there with that. Um, In-state prospect has always loved Georgia. I can remember the look on his face when I was covering Griffin Scroggs at Grayson, and we talked about the prospects of him potentially one day when it became his time in the class of 2024 uh, to get a shot to be a dog. Very interesting. Uh, Barry Watkins picking up his wife's birthday cake. Tomorrow from Kroger. Hey, everybody, let's wish Mrs. Watkins a happy birthday. Uh, Spencer Quarles. Guys, I'm just certainly reading a lot of this stuff. Uh, Ken Feinberg. Uh, great, great question. So Deuce, Deuce Robinson will announce on his Instagram page tomorrow at uh, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I think everybody, everybody recently has been like, what's going to happen with Deuce? I think Deuce is uh, most likely. You know, here's the thing, guys. He has told me over and over that he wants to play pro baseball and pro football at the same time. I think the LA Dodgers would probably be the crystal ball pick for a lot of teams, for a lot of analysts out there. If they were doing it right, is he going to try and play college football? You know, the, the weird thing about Deuce is he's going to, the most likely scenario as it has been explained to me would be for him to get picked in the first two rounds, two or three rounds by the Dodgers, get a really nice number, or it could be the Padres, any major league franchise. And then he would give him the ability, you know, that'd be at least you know half a million to a million dollars right there. That would give him the ability to um, walk on and play college football after the baseball season is over, like September or so. Um, that's a chance there. And there's some f- folks that feel the localization of USC might play a little bit better on the West Coast there. I will say this. Um, you know, this is me just kind of stream of consciousness thinking right there. You know, the talk of the dogs was really high around December, January, and even February, right around National Signing Day, the traditional signing day. But, like, um, for me, I always kind of thought that Georgia's best chances of Riola, yeah, I, they're not, the best chances of Robinson included Riola because those two guys are very close. They've dreamed about playing together grow up, growing up. Their dads know each other very well. Um, they've trained together before. Um, Deuce's father, Dominic was a former, uh, FSU two sport athlete, played a little bit with the St. Louis Rams. And those two guys have always dreamed about playing together. And I thought maybe that, um, the best chances for Deuce with Georgia would, would kind of be tethered to what happens with Dylan Riola. Uh, Sonia Prescott, I do not think the odds on Sammy Brown are that high. Um, April Detweiler Van Giesen lives in Mobile, Alabama. 
you don't have a Kroger, but you've got a really good offensive tackle commitment, Micah DeBose out of Viger High School. Um, Spencer Corals just left Kroger. Good for you. Uh, ooh, wow. Let me see, Spencer, I want to make sure I get this right. These top four in order who will actually show up at UGA campus. Um, are you talking Jake uh, Merklinger? Jake, Jake Merklinger, the talented quarterback out of uh, Calvary Day in Savannah, is making his decision on Thursday. Most of the industry believes he will sign with Tennessee, and most people are kind of doing some amateur sleuthing and following the tea leaves, and they believe if – um, Jake's committing to uh, Tennessee and not giving Georgia a fair shot, then that must mean something's going up with Dylan uh, and Georgia as well. QB and me later, I would say the most likely to, to be at Georgia, I'm just going to say it, I think it's Ryan Puglisi. I'm going to answer a bunch of questions about Ryan at the same time. Still sounds very committed to Georgia. He knows that if he went to Alabama, he would have to compete with really great quarterbacks wherever he goes. Um, and I think, I think Ryan Puglisi has his mind set up that he wants to be a dog. He's always already comfortable with being a dog. And the competitor and the alpha that he is, he's not going to step back for anyone. And I think that's what you want in your quarterback. Um, Ken Feinberg, man, I appreciate it. You would know, sir, about my uh, iPad shows back in the day. Uh, Barry Watkins, I think I kind of answered your question there about Puglisi. Uh, Phil Rogers, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get a little giddy when I say this. I think the defenses are going to continue to get progressively better. And I think the 24 defense will be the best defense in Kirby's time, even though wait for this and watch for this guys, Georgia will probably have anywhere from 17 to 20 guys drafted in the 2024 NFL draft. That's how many guys are turning over off this roster, but I, I, the players and the pieces, the main thing is you're going to get sophomore years with this 2023 recruiting class and you'll get junior years with the 2022 recruiting class, and Georgia will not have any holes. Secondary, star, linebacker, edge, defensive line, zero tech, nose guards, linebackers, big corners, ball hawking safeties. I mean, they'll have it all. Guys, can you just imagine what Georgia's defense is going to look like when Jalen Walker, Michael Williams, Malachi Starks, Dalen Everett, all those guys are all juniors. Um it's going to be as good as it ever, it's ever been. Um, Facebook, really good questions there. Um, and maybe, Spencer Quarles, I was able to answer your question without giving a little bit uh, of information, keeping some information that's supposed to be locked in the cupboard in the cupboard. Um, let me see. Uh, you know, Sonia, you know, I, I just think, man, Sammy's a great player. I think, I think Georgia's just got like six or seven great players in front of him or in his way. And he, he's told me credit to him. Sammy Brown has always told me that um, Sammy Brown has always told me that the depth of Georgia does not scare him off. That's actually an enticement for him um, to uh, come to Georgia. So um, there you go right there. Uh, Bridge you fly. Thanks for buying eggs from Kroger. Um, John Adams. Now that would be funny. Uh, Who do I think is going to be a surprise flip? I think Georgia is going to get a five-star flip out of this class. Might get two five-star flips out of this class. Ridge, you fly. Who is the running back target that you can get for 2024 and 2025? Running back room is thin. We need to upgrade. I like the guy. Um, 
I like the guy, Christian Clark out of Arizona. I mentioned him in the top targets. He's really got a lot of game. He's got a lot of that X-factor game that Georgia needs. I think what Georgia will find and is found in spring practice when you add Andrew Paul to Roderick Robinson to uh, Branson Robinson, you've got three really big tanks. And I think what Georgia's trying to do is try to diversify the backfield with different types of skill sets. Uh, and I like that. Now, 2025, that's another great year for Georgia with running backs. I think Jordan Davidson, the number one running back out of the country, out of modern day high, modern day high school in California. That's a name to watch right there. He really loves Georgia. He's visited Georgia already about four times. And that's a lot for a high school sophomore as well. Um, Jack Marino, thanks for your interaction. Uh, Jeff Hightoff, thanks for your interaction as well. Uh, Mike Free. Hey, guys, I want to do this. You guys like the show. Think about if you haven't subscribed to the Dog Nation YouTube page, think about that. If you guys like the show on Facebook, also uh, give that a like as well. We don't, we've been doing this a long time. Every once in a while, we're going to ask for likes when we feel like we've given you guys a good product. And we've really tried over the last four, five, six weeks now so far to really step up our game and make sure Hedges looks like it's a proper reflection and representative representation, <clears throat> representation, excuse me of this powerful and back-to-back -back national championship team we cover. You see a lot of big interviews. You see a lot of uh, videos production. You see a lot of visuals for those guys that are watching on Facebook, excuse me, that are listening on SoundCloud and on Spotify for the podcast that comes out after this show, after a couple of days after it airs. We certainly appreciate that, but we're trying to ha have the best mix of live engagement guests with also a really cool, polished studio show each and every week. A lot of people we have to thank and lean on for that, from the support we've gotten from Casey Dunn and Michael Carvel and BJ Sweeney. We've really tried to uh, step our game up and amp, amp our game up a lot. And so we hope you guys appreciate it and really, really respect it. And uh, we try to give you maybe one of the fastest 40, 50 minutes in uh, recruiting, um, try to hit through a lot of points and give you guys kind of the flavor of what's going on right now. I will say this, guys, um, you continue to see me write a lot about David Sanders Jr. You, 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 this offensive line class in 2024, it's a little light, it's a little low, but the 2025 class probably has more franchise anchor offensive tackles than we've seen in quite some time. And I said it before, I'll say it again. David Sanders Jr. out of Providence Day in Charlotte, probably never seen a recruit quite like that when the guy that could play three different positions it could be a five-star at three different positions. His background, his family, the way he's wired, um, number one player in the country, the way he already is showing shot put, broad jump, power clean. One of the most amazing things about David Sanders is he's 6'7", and he's 265 pounds, and he can power clean 320 pounds. I don't know, you guys probably not are in the Olympic lifts or training with a lot of these players. One of the things we're going to start doing is basically create baselines. We're going to start doing some, some segments on YouTube where we start explaining like, Hey, what's an official visit and what's an unofficial visit? What's the difference? You know, what is, what's the difference between a committable offer and just a simple offer? And what should that look like? And how many, we're basically going to give you a lot of dog nation recruiting one-on-one -on -one stuff. So that a lot of times we try to cover so much information so fast that it feels like, I know we'll probably gloss over some things, especially for new viewers and new, new readers and everything else. So we want to make sure you guys feel very informed about Georgia recruiting 
and maybe sometimes trying to entertain you guys as well. So if you ever have a question uh, about, hey, explain this to me, Jeff. I don't know understand this about recruiting. Sometimes, you know, you go with a little yada, 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 or, you know, like that Charlie Brown music, like wah, 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 wah. And so anytime we can slow things down and explain it to you, and we can really help you guys out with something you want to learn, well, that's what we're here from. Where that's what we're here for. Um, Phil Rogers, appreciate you. Sony, appreciate that. Um, Craig Jones wants to know, what offensive decisions does Georgia need to pull the 24 class up to the level of expected defensive class? Well, Craig, it's the domino factor. You get Dylan Riola, the five-star receivers will come. Uh, you know, maybe a couple more pieces on offense will come. The tight end will come to match with Landon Thomas. And uh, you'll really round out the team where, because the last two years at Georgia, the defensive classes have been slobber knockers. They have been as good as Georgia has recruited and signed ever in the Kirby era. So the big catch-up thing they need to do right now, and they're starting to do that with the wide receiver room, is catch the offensive side of the ball up there as well. So I think you're seeing that. I think in the coming years, you're going to have a complete synergy and symmetry of Georgia having that prime Alabama-type offense and then merging it with all those salty Kirby defenses of years past. I think that's what you got going. Uh, I think we're trying to uh, – Dakota Bridges, I think Chris Peel will help. I think he's going to be a bigger type safety, type star maybe. Uh, in Athens, he'll have a learning curve because he's one of the few rare non-early enrollees in the 2023 class. Um, John Adams, certainly appreciate that. Uh, uh, you know, John's got a good point here. Recruits that choose another school have prioritized something that does not include best team, best facilities, best town, best fans, and best development. He doesn't worry about who says no anymore. Well, I was asked this question the other day, John, and I think this is a good spot to end it on uh, tonight, is what's different about covering Georgia's recruiting the last couple of years compared to maybe 2017, 2016, 2018, and 2019? I think now Georgia's program has reached the point where, you know, I get what you're saying, John, that the individual misses don't really matter because what Georgia does is it finds a player that fits them well. And Georgia kind of, for lack of a better term, once they show their Georgia and put the Georgia gear on and dip their toes into Georgia football, I think that is more of a development piece which accelerates their development. I think Georgia is making just as many players now as the players that used to make Georgia. Remember all the years past when everybody would go, okay, is this the player – is this the defense? Is this the running back? Is this the quarterback that will take Georgia to the first national championship since 1980? Well, now it's kind of not like that. You know, these individual misses won't happen anymore. They won't, the tide won't rise too high or low. And I think really to say it simply, the players that are coming into Georgia now, um, kind of the program does as much to shape them, especially the culture and where the locker room's out now. The program does as much to shape them as they shape the program and make Georgia look excellent and have first-rounders everywhere on both sides of the ball. I think what Georgia has built is just as big of a factor now in their success as the individual players they're now able to recruit and gain commitments from and sign. Sonia, that's right right now. Georgia can pick and choose who they want now. It's really 
it's almost a story for me now when a player has an offer and is getting recruited hard by Georgia and they don't take a visit because that's kind of the upset now. And folks, you don't realize it. You know, people talk about golden era or prime Tiger Woods years in terms of Kirby Smart's time at Georgia. But <clears throat> I mean, Georgia's projecting to have about 10 five stars the first week of June. I know I said something early in the program about Dylan Riola and an official visit. That was an unofficial visit he took to Athens back in March a couple of weeks ago. But that first weekend in June, Georgia could have up to 10 five stars that first week. And folks, some guys, some schools can go two years. Big schools can go two years without having hosting 10 five stars on official visits. Um, I don't I don't know if everyone maybe it's probably probably some of our fault. I don't know if we properly frame up and really analyze how good things are going for the Georgia Bulldogs right now, especially on the recruiting trail. But Georgia's kind of always been great on the recruiting trail. But now it's the synergy with on field results, recruiting trail, recruiting rankings. But then the third the 3D element of this, the third dimension of this is the NFL draft. I mean, there's an NFL mock draft that came out today where um, ESPN had three Georgia Bulldogs going in the first 10 picks. What's better than five in one round? How about three in the first 10 picks? That's crazy. That's what it's like covering uh, the Georgia Bulldogs in 2023. Um, Sonia Prescott, yeah, backup plans. Questions about Mike Matthews and Mark Thorne. I think that recruitment for Georgia with Mike Matthews is going to be tough. I think Georgia's always going to stay around in that top three for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, and Tony Prescott, that's a lot. Like when you look back at all the guys, the big misses, Georgia, when you look back on them, you know, maybe Dallas Turner in Alabama, maybe a receiver here. But a lot of the guys, you think about a lot of times South Carolina took a player away from Georgia. Those guys really didn't materialize into greatness. I think Gravon Dexter at Florida was a player Georgia really wanted, and he's probably going to be a first or second rounder on the defensive line. But a lot of the times when Georgia goes really hard, you can think about maybe some tight ends, Theo Johnson, that Georgia's missed, and Georgia hasn't missed a beat with the guys that they were able to welcome into the program. Uh, but anyway, guys, uh, Swifty Sanchez, that's a good way to end it. Georgia has built a culture. It's not for everyone. That's a good point. Good statement there. Guys, appreciate you. It's been another Wednesday night here before the Hedges with Dog Nation. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. If you're just joining us now, you have stuff from Dwight Phillips Jr. You have some really cool tweets that caught my eyes, some David Sanders Jr. wrap-up. You've got a six, seven-minute interview with uh, Dominic Riola, the father of Dylan Riola. You guys get to hear it um, out of the – NFL Detroit Lions legend's mouth about where they kind of see things with Georgia after that big visit. It was a story up on Dog Nation last week, but I thought you guys really would appreciate hearing it on Before the Hedges this week brought to you by Kroger. Guys, that's been your intel. I'm Jeff Centel. God bless you. You guys have a great week. Hope you guys enjoy yourselves. Make some memories over the next week, and Lord willing, we'll all be right back here next Wednesday night live Before the Hedges. I'm Jeff Centel. You guys have yourself a great one. And thanks again for joining us. Let's go, I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life, I never settle. 